Welcome back, fam. This is the Mind Body Mentor Podcast. My name is Steven Jaggers, and I am your host. Welcome back. I'm sorry it's been a little while since I've posted some podcasts, but this one is surely not to disappoint. Um, This podcast is actually from an episode of my brother uh, Zarin Beatty's uh, Expand uh, Become Mindfulness project that he's working on. I'll throw all the links in the description below, but he is a dear brother, one that I've um, connected at quite a few different events, and we had an absolutely epic conversation. You know, he asked me a lot of questions, so this podcast is kind of switched around, and I was put in the interviewee spot, so you will probably hear a lot about me that you have not heard before, and I know that I dropped some bombs for you guys, so tune in, let me know what you think, tag me on uh, IG, anywhere, share it with your friends, family, that would be uh, super appreciative. As always, if you could leave this podcast a five-star review, it means so much to me. I read every one of those, um, and yeah, it just uh, it sparks my little heart. So if you want to support the podcast, um, you can use the code MindBodyMentor for 15% off at Organifi, my favorite superfoods that uh, I take every day. It just helps me to make sure that I am hitting all of my baseline nutrient levels. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Vivo Barefoot, uh, my favorite shoes. I usually do not wear anything else unless I'm like going out but those are my favorite shoes even before uh, they sponsored the podcast Um, but you can use the code ajbare10 for 10 percent off and also if you are a practitioner and you are looking to add somatic release breath work to your repertoire of modalities we have a online 12-week container the first one that we're launching january 18th it's going to be a powerful 12-week container Um, i've been working so hard to get this uh, curriculum to a place where we can teach it online it took me a while to actually want to teach it online Um, but i've had so many messages from people from new zealand from australia places where you know People can't leave their homes that they really are looking for this modality to use for themselves to use with their clients and their community um, so yeah registration is open now and go ahead and you can sign up with the link in uh, the description so without further ado here is the uninterrupted interview with myself and Zarin Beatty Brother man, Stephen Jaggers, welcome to the Expand Mindfulness Program and Community. We've had the privilege and honor of getting to know each other a little bit more here and there over the last few years. We ultimately met through, through Aubrey in the incredible Fit for Service container. I've had the real freaking opportunity, man, to experience multiple incredible breathwork sessions with you, whether that was you were co-creating and co-facilitating with 
with Aubrey and Anahata and like this whole team of like real freaking powerful pillars, man. But yeah. it really is, dude. It's such an honor for you to be here. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for putting in the work. I know we have a lot to dig into and I'm really curious and genuinely intrigued to learn more from you. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you so much for that, that intro, man. Yeah, I can, I can talk about it all day. Cause this is, this is my passion and this is my purpose. And, um, that's what I'm here to do. So let's go, let's go in. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. Um, so, you know, from what I know of you, you've been on a health journey for, for, I would assume multiple years, right? It's kind of become interwoven into who you are as it naturally does. What is, what has really helped you gravitate more towards the breath work? How come you found so much like profound, even like hidden benefit in gravitating more towards this space over another? Yeah, that's a, that's a long answer. Um, but you know, I can start a little bit with my story and my background. Uh, you know, I'm an only child. Both my parents were, um, pretty significant drug addicts, uh, you know, before I was born and then probably while I was born and, you know, they ended up, uh, changing their life around when I was about, mm, maybe five or six. And, you know, my dad started a business, my mom found a job and they, they really did the best that they could. And they ended up um, switching from hard drugs to prescription medication. And I really watched the toll that the prescription, that these prescription medications, um, different ones, you know, every couple months, uh, that kind of Western medicine was, um, feeding them. And I really knew from a young age, you know, you're so sensitive, you're such a sponge when you're young. And I really knew that something was off and, uh, fast forward, you know, they, they did give me a lot of unconditional love and, and they did, I think they were the sort of transitional character that we talk about that really helps to break the cycle of trauma that's passed down, uh, because they, they really did a good job at raising me, I think, and, and, and showing me that unconditional love, but also they were in their own struggles and really, really in a lot of pain and I could feel it. And I took it all on. Um, but you know, I was really into sports and outside of high school, I, uh, wanted to study, uh, physical therapy cause I was very interested in the body and also psychology, because I really wanted to know what made people's minds tick. And uh, I went through addiction psychology and also physical therapy. I didn't know what I wanted to do specifically. And I ended up dropping out and working in corporate America for a little while. And um, I started to have my own kind of spiritual awake awakening. I think I was always very in touch and very sensitive. Um, and I started having lots of lucid dreams and I wondered what that, I wanted to know what that phenomenon was. And that led me down a rabbit hole. Um, and then I ended up, uh, finding a holistic school that taught, uh, neuromuscular body work, uh, trauma release, body work, um, hypnotherapy, uh, neurolinguistic, uh, programming, a lot of NLP, a lot of mind body modalities that were really, really cool that I was just like, that's a full body. Yes. I'm in, 
let's go down that route. And uh, I ended up loving it and uh, became an assistant instructor at that school. And then I ended up becoming an instructor in kinesiology and anatomy and physiology and energetic anatomy. Um, some, uh, the cool thing about that school is they had a little bit of, they had clinical and they also had esoteric teachings as well too, which was really phenomenal to kind of bridge both gap, uh, bridge the gap between, uh, clinical and esoteric. And, you know, I, I was a body worker for a long time and helped people kind of release trauma on a physical level and on a nervous system level. And I noticed that people were having profound changes within their mindset, just from me working on their body. And it was very fascinating. And fast forward, I ended up uh, becoming interested in different psychedelic medicines and wanted to research that. And I ended up uh, volunteering for a nonprofit organization called MAPS. Um, and in 2017, that's actually, that was the first time I met Aubrey. Uh, I, I worked the MAPS Psychedelic Science Conference. Um, and I heard about a man named Stan Groff, who uh, he's, uh, the father of this holotropic breath work. And I, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I had, I had, uh, you know, kind of experimented with lots of different plant medicines, but people were like, you need to go do this breath work. And I ended up doing the breath work with him. And it was one of the most profound, um, physical somatic releases that I ever had in my life. And I had a very, uh, clear, you know, I cleared a lot of stuff out and I became clear mentally. Uh, and I was able to see very clearly that this whole time learning body work and dealing with my parents and all of this stuff has led me up into this point to work with people on a breath work level. Um, because your breath is, you know, I, unconsciously when I was working on people's bodies, the breath is the number one diagnostic tool to be able to see what type of state, what's what type of nervous system state someone is in, you know, they call it your, your inspiration or your respiration for a reason. It's, it's to take in the spirit or to, to respire is to respire. You could see the quality of someone, someone's spirit through their breath. And, uh, it really, um, and if you want to say spirit, or you want to say chakra system, or you want to say nervous system, the electrical system, you could see the quality of the electrical system of someone's being. And if they're living their life in a contracted state, and that starts to manifest as a phys as physical sort of issues, or are they living expansive, or are they living expressive? Um, and so I started studying all the different types of breath work and how breathing, uh, the many different types of breathing affects, uh, the state of your nervous system and how people can kind of regain sovereignty over their own mind, body systems with the power of their own breath, which you're doing either consciously or unconsciously every day, every moment. So that's what I'm here to do. Well, that's uh that's quite the the breakdown and explanation right there dude what an incredible story and journey i love how there are so many examples of the the struggles and the trials and errors that people go through that actually bring them to their purpose 
that actually turn on different parts of our awareness and perspective and soul and spirit to highlight the pathway in a very particular sense, man. And you coming from your distinct background almost allows you to engage in the water from a very particular place, which is amazing. And, you know, you're doing an incredible job, man. Really? Like you're bringing this medicine. You are the bridge and you're bridging the bridge for people's healing. Yeah. Like you really are helping a lot of people. It's, um, you know, you're a lot of people come to me and they're trying to maybe find their purpose or find, you know, what their life's mission is. And, and, uh, I know for myself and I know that, you know, we are communal beings. We are designed to live in community. We need, we need each other. And, uh, we all, want to feel like we're bringing something to the table for our community and for our tribe. And the thing that you can usually bring to the table is most of the times the shit that you've gone through, the stuff that you've overcome because you've embodied it and you've found a new, like on a, on a very genetic level, we're trying to survive on this planet. And in a community, if someone goes through something that's hard, uh, they, and they overcome it, of course, they're going to share that with the rest of their group. So their group does not have to go through it. And that's how we, we find our purpose within our community. And a lot of the times it's the shit that we've gone through and we've overcome and we've embodied it because it's, we understand it fully, you know, understanding, meaning that we can stand underneath it and we can hold it up because we've walked it. And so it's, we've, we've embodied it. And I know for myself, I, I, I thought of this purpose thing as a very like, okay, what's my purpose? What's like, what's my purpose. And most of the time, um, when you start to, uh, find a movement, a, a thing that you can really get behind that is bigger than yourself, uh, all of your little worries, self worries start to go away um, because you're, you're part of something bigger and you start to tap into more momentum and more potential energy than just yourself. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm on fire right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you're really speaking about the evolution of consciousness like in a, to a great degree. And there's something that's popped up. I believe it was in the first group of this program, but your purpose is bigger than your insecurities. <laughs> like yeah. our purpose yeah. is bigger than our worry about, or am I doing it perfectly or whatever may mm-hmm. naturally come along in this pathway. And dude, having gone, gone through a few really transformative and life-changing breathwork sessions with you, not only personally, but in communal settings, with either 50 to 200 people at a time each time and then hearing about people's experiences afterwards whether it was right after or within the next few days when we would break off into like sharing circles man like for example in the last fit for service summit in sedona i'm pretty sure like 80 percent of the people shared their most impactful experience from that week during the breath work Like it can turn people on, man. And it can release so much energy. 
and bring forth so many memories and truly like transmute internal input and stimuli into an outward forward pressing purpose and mission and recognition and truly change how we perceive the moment that we are in for the good of all. Yeah. And it's a delicate thing, man, because that container is enormous, right? When you're around people that are really digging through the depth of where they've been. And sometimes it's unbelievably unfortunate moments that people go through yet. You're able to be there as that pillar and as the space holder I know you hold deep integrity in that. Would you mind going into the importance of building that container for experiences like that? Because it's so underappreciated, man. It's incredibly important. Yeah, absolutely, man. It is the most important. You know, I've talked to a lot of people um, that have had bad experiences with different modalities such as body work, EMDR, breath work, whatever it is, you know, safety is the number one modality over anything. Um, and that has to do with creating a container and because, you know, I've asked them of like, you know, how did you feel with the practitioner or the space or the container? And usually anybody that's had a bad experience is like, uh, well, yeah, there was something off. I didn't fulfill. I didn't feel fully safe uh, in the in in the space. But so there's there's a lot of intricacies with this topic of holding space that I think that that term is thrown around, and we need to define words because they are the carrier of meaning, and to make sure that we kind of understand what we're actually talking about and, and really define it. But, you know, my definition of holding space or, or even creating a container is, is having the ability to take in the full moment, whatever's happening in the present moment to its fullest capacity and not being reactive, but being response able, meaning you have the ability to respond. So a lot of that is cultivating enough uh, coherence within our own nervous system to feel safe within ourselves. Because if we have discrepancies within our own nervous system, everyone else is going to, uh, it doesn't matter if this person's conscious of it or not. Um, if you have some sort of misalignment within yourself, their nervous system is, it, your nervous system only tells the truth. Your electrical system only tells the truth. And if there's some sort of discrepancy in it, you will not, these people will not feel safe with you. And therefore, uh, the, the, the transformation aspect of it, or the, um, the ability to go deep is it's robbed from the experience. Um, and so like being able to be responsible or the ability to respond, meaning that I have to remain neutral and I'm not reactive. I don't have my own triggers. I don't have like my triggers aren't um, activated. My defense systems aren't activated. And those are a byproduct of healing your own trauma because trauma is not necessarily the thing that's happening to you, but it is a trauma response. It's a, um, it's a defense system that's activated. And when we have those sort of defense systems activated, 
those happen on not a mental level, those happen on an instinctual and an emotional level. And those things start to create our reality for us via our reactions. And so working on our own defense systems, our own instinctual and, and fully digesting our own experience, fully digesting and absorbing and assimilating and excreting whatever we don't need anymore so that I'm a clean and clear slate and my nervous system is communicating 100% safety to this being. Um, and I'm aligned within my thoughts, words, and my actions. Um, and that's that's the place that you have to be as a practitioner to show up for other people and people take that for granted and they, and they don't, um, that's why that's, if you can do that, right. Like there's this concept of co-regulation and co-regulation means that when I am next to you, I am co-regulating my nervous system with your nervous system. And we are, um, you know, we are basically attuning to the same vibration, if you will. And when my nervous system is in a healthy and aligned place, I can co-regulate with yours. And it's just like my electrical bubble is telling your electrical bubble that, Hey, you're safe here and we can chill. And we don't have to like, we're, we're not in, um, in worry of danger at all. Like we can fully let go and, and let our guard down and, and be fully here and present and human with each other. Such a beautiful response, man, and perspective on what it means to be in those moments as presently as we possibly can be. And that transcribes, dude. It translates yeah. to being with your partner, to being a parent, to being a coach, to just being an employee or working with customers or like it goes with you wherever you are. And like, that's yeah. the profundity of presence and perspective. Like how we perceive our perception, it goes with us during every moment we are in. Yeah. And the things that are unconsciously and or consciously triggering or guiding or influencing how we respond or react or perceive that moment that's the work man that is the journey and when we yeah. do things like take an ice bath or somatic breath work or even be around community where we feel welcomed and safe bro that it can it changes people's lives it actually changes lives from inward out yeah. and on what kind of level, man? Like what kind of shifts are really happening with somatic breath work? How is that helping this process? How is that helping people feel more comfortable in their being? Yeah, and how does absolutely. that influence the world around them, man? This is such a fucking beautiful topic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me see where I want to start here. <laughs> um, first off the 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 past is not like our past is not what happened yesterday it's what stayed from what happened yesterday and those things are um those things are instinctual and emotional activations that ha that have happened from thousands of years of evolution that we can't bypass. If we want to think consciously, like we talk about perception and we talk about consciousness, um, we have to earn that. And that 
comes after our instincts, which is our animalistic nature, that you cannot bypass it. It is a part of you. Your animalistic nature and your emotions, those things happen before your perception ever happens. So if you want to make decisions that are conscious and 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 expand your consciousness, you know, you have to address your instinctual defense systems, your instinctual patterns and your emotional patterns, because those are what happen in your soma. Your soma is your body, your psyche is your mind. And we are somatic beings first, we are mental beings second. So for example, if something were to happen to you, I use this um, example often, like if someone were to break into your room right now, you would have an instinctual response. You wouldn't be thinking about it. You would either want to fuck this person up or you would freeze or you would, uh, you know, you would run, you would want to flee. And that's happening on an instinctual level. Like when something traumatic happens, your instincts come up first, your emotions come up second and your perception comes up last. So after you have this instinctual fight, flight or freeze thing, you would feel an emotion. Maybe you'd feel fear. You'd feel courageous. You'd feel powerful. And that would create a chemical cocktail of, you know, uh, hormonal secretions and glandular production and that whole thing. Um, and that's still not happening in your mind. Only lastly, after that traumatic or that stressful situation that happened, um, only lastly, do we start to create a perception or a story in our in our minds. And that story is usually our stories are to justify the defense systems that we chose on an instinctual and an emotional level. And so the story or the perception maybe is I don't feel safe in my house anymore, or the world is out to get me, or the world is a scary place, you know, and that's what the, so that becomes the perception, the story that we're running in the background, but that was created from an instinctual and an emotional response first. And so that happens on our, on our animalistic level, if you will. Um, and a lot of people want to use like talk therapy and coaching and all of these different things and go to higher consciousness. And, and even the concept of limited thinking, uh, I don't, nobody chooses to think from a limited place that's happening because that's what their nervous system is picking up on. You're like your thoughts are not happening in here. Your thoughts are out here. Your body is an antenna and the state of your antenna and your instinctual and your emotional body, the state of that antenna is going to be the state of the perceptions that you're going to be picking up on. If your body and your nervous system is in a contractive, defensive, triggered state, those are the thoughts and the perceptions that you're going to be playing. So that's why this modality is so powerful because it helps people digest and, and, uh, and basically shut off instinctual and, and, and emotional, um, processes that haven't been digested or haven't or that have stayed active for a long time you know animals when something traumatic happens to them they the first thing they do is start to take huge deep belly breaths to regulate their nervous system and then maybe they'll start shaking uncontrollably and physically moving 
And that's like, we're electrical beings. We have to move that charge because that's a charge situation, right? We have to move that charge situation through our body. Our body is an expression vessel. And so that's what somatic release breath work does is it, it takes people into a instinctual state. Like when you're breathing heavily like that, you're, and this is why a safe container is so important because when you're breathing hev heavily like that, you're actually taking yourself into a traumatic state on a physiological level, which then creates the opportunity for you to discharge a lot of those, those, um, things that probably needed to happen in the moment of the trauma, but we shut down because we think we need to hold it all together. Or we think we, you know, um, or we just like, it's, it's, uh, so at first we take you into this heightened nervous system state via your breath, you know, you're elongating your, your exhales and inhales, and it's taking you into a somatic state of actual trauma. And you're in a safe container, which allows you to discharge it or complete the necessary action that your organism needed to do in the moment. And then once you kind of uh, deactivate that sort of defense system that are, or that emotion, whatever emotion needed to come through you, whether it's crying, screaming, yelling, um, any of that, that was the necessary thing that needed to happen in the moment. And that's the signal that happening is the signal to your nervous system that you're not in the presence of a tiger anymore and you can relax. And so most of us, when we feel something, we stuff it we suppress it and we repress it and we, and then we become depressed and until it physically densifies into a dis-ease of electrical flow through your body. And what's the opposite of like depress and repress is to express. Like we are naturally expression vessels and that's what this work allows people to do, express um, movement and emotion through your breath and taking someone from that heightened state. And once you clear out, you become clear mentally and you can make higher conscious decisions. And so taking people back into a regulated, uh, uh, a relaxed state, breathing in how they actually want to feel and firing and wiring that new pattern back into their being on a somatic level via their inspiration, their breath. Mm -hmm. that's nice I'm, I'm that's going nice in right now dude. dude we're in we're 30 minutes into this yeah, yeah yeah come on now we got plenty more left i got plenty more Ooh, man i love the way that you explain this process i love the amount of knowledge in the background and experience and perspective that you hold in this field man it shows that you've been able to really put in the work and that you have been through many moments of other people putting in the work too. How, before we progress into maybe a different flavor of this discussion, how does this process help people rewire their nervous system? How deeply is the nervous system influenced if it's able to actually go through that kind of cycle and then feel complete or feel safe in the moment? Yeah. So there's lots of different types of breath work and they're all good for different things. And 
there's one rule that your body follows is that if you elongate your exhale, like if you were to breathe all your air out right now, that would send your system into a relaxed state. If you were to elongate your inhale, that sends you into a sympathetic state or a like that sends you into like go mode. So you, we can play with that a little bit. And, you know, I saw this on a body work level. A lot of people have the mindset that they need to just like relax their muscles, or if they have a ton of tension that they need to, they need to relax. Um, and a lot of the times this is the yin and yang. This is the polarity. A lot of the times they actually need to turn those muscles on first for them to be able to relax. So this sort of breath work is like, let's actually heighten your nervous system. Let's actually turn your nervous system on. And so we know how to turn it on fully. And once you turn it on fully, then you can take, then you can, then if you, if you take it up a notch, they will uh, experience the same level on the other side of the spectrum. So it'll actually allow them to go deeper into a relaxed state afterwards. So we heighten the nervous system, allow them the trauma response release, the discharge, and then back, or my technique at least, is to take them back into a regulated state. And so the first half is clearing, you know, discharging, getting rid of instinctual uh, triggers and emotion, undigested emotions, and coming back into a regulated state, a relaxed state, deeply relaxing into my own being. It's always a relaxation into my own being. It's never a forcing. It's a relaxation into my own power. And, and creating, it's sort of like Joe Dispenza's work, if you're familiar with that, it's creating an elevated emotion and a clear intention, you know, but I think to do that, you actually need to move through your instinctual traumas and defense systems first, and then you can start to access deeper levels of feeling, you know, so many people are walking around so numb right now, uh, like we we, whenever we have a defense system that comes up, something happens to us and defense systems are an intelligent response. They keep us safe in the moment. They, and that's the, the, the beauty of the body is that those defense systems that happen in the moment, those keep us safe in the moment. But if we don't know how to shut them off, they stay activated. And the longer they stay activated, the more symptoms of disease we start to experience. And, and so the more we actually cut ourselves off from our somatic sensation, if you will, like our senses become dull when we have those defense systems, uh, our, our sensation. I mean, we even use the term like sensitivity or that makes sense to your rational mind, but it's, it's, things shouldn't make sense to your rational mind. They should make, make sensation in your body. It should make sense. If it, if something really, if something really makes sense, it's not just logical. I can wrap my head around it. It's like, it's making sense to my embodied being. Um, so yeah, you can help open people's, um, nervous systems up as far as taking them to a heightened state, bringing them back into a relaxed state, um, 
clearing out a lot of the triggers and defenses and the traumas, um, especially now a days, because we're just, we're fed so much fear right now and guilt and shame and blame and all of those things, those things keep people instinctual. Those they, people can't think clearly when they're instinctual. I mean, uh, power, uh, all the powers that be understand this, you know, religions and, and different governments and whatever, if you keep people scared, they're not going to make conscious decisions. They're going to run to the store and buy, you know, all the toilet paper. And it's just, it's, it does, they're not thinking clearly. So that's like, if you want to think clearly, you got to get your nervous system in the right spot. So that your nervous system is the electrical system of your being that, that is the direct connection between your mind and body um, that makes you a holistic full spectrum human. I don't know if I answered your question, but hopefully hundred percent, hundred percent. What are some practices and methods that people can implement into their life that help them reharmonize their nervous system to help them drop deeper in this state of sensation and feeling? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, there is no right answer first off because we live in a duality and first off you need to know where you're at before you do anything. So if you don't know where you're at, you don't know in which direction you should move. And daily practices should switch depending on the state that you're in, you know? Um, so all of these different tools and techniques that we've used like meditation and yoga and um, all of these kind of internal practices, journaling, all of those are self-inquiry practices, meaning that where, where am I at, you know, where, where am I at on the spectrum? And so when I, when I can figure out where I'm at on the spectrum and, you know, I, I use this, um, this metaphor, when I was doing a lot of body work, I was next to a hot yoga studio and I was next to a CrossFit gym and they were polar opposites, but both of those, both of those kind of archetypes were coming in to my injury center because they were both fucked up. And I was like, well, you guys just need to go and spend time over here. And you guys just need to go and spend time over here. And so, you know, the CrossFit people, they were hyper stable in their body and, and pretty hyper stable in their mind as well. You know, they have a full, like right out of their work or their workout. And it's, you know, they just keep going until it's like first blood. And then, you know, you do have the yogis over here that were just hypermobile that were tearing ligaments and stuff and hypermobile in their mind, they needed some grounding and some structure in their life. So, you know, it depends where you're at. Are you hypermobile right now? You probably need some stability exercises and this is on a mind or a body level. Are you, are you stuck in a routine right now? Do you need some like new energy do you need some hypermobility and to just get into your body and just be fluid and expressive or art or something like that? Um, there are some non-negotiables for me though, that I practice every day is that I'll do, um, my shortened somatic release breath work, uh, uh, kind of protocol, which is five minutes of, of intense breathing to clear. 
one breath hold and then five minutes of slow elongated exhales of how I want to show up for my day and firing and wiring that, that feeling into, into, um, myself for my day. So that that's, and then also, uh, I believe that cold therapy, cold water therapy is, um, it's been the biggest game changer saunas and, and, and cold therapy has been the biggest game changers for, for me. And also something active, something competitive, something that gets me in my body. That's the thing is that your daily practices should, you should have multiple different types of expressions. We need multiple different types of expressions because we need to have different resources. And that's the thing is that like, when I talk about trauma and stress, those things are subjective, meaning that what's stressful to you might not be stressful to me based on my resources, based on my uh, capacity to deal with it and move it through my body. Because it's not the thing that's happening to me, it's what's happening inside of me and how resilient are you? And so that's the, that's the thing is that we need lots of different resources in our life and then we need to continue to do our self-inquiry practice. And then we can choose which resource we have in the toolkit at different times. And it's because, you know, stress and trauma are guaranteed in this lifetime. And, you know, what is, what is stress and trauma? Those things are pressures putting, uh, you know, being put on us. And I believe that we are, we have to find ways to X the pressure to express. We are expression vessels. And if we don't express, then we suppress, then we become depressed, repressed, all of those negative pressure words. So multiple different expressions, multiple different, um, you know, I think you could have an expression on all levels, you know, a, a mental, uh, a verbal, you know, expressive, uh, um, you know, heart centered expression, a, a fiery, you know, physical activity that gets you in your body, a artistic, creative, uh, a structured expression that you can organize your life with. And I think if you had the more resources you have, um, the better you'll be. That response speaks to your, your experience because a real coach, a real coach, somebody who's really been through the work understands on such a deep level that the initial response to what you just said is, well, it depends. Yeah, yeah. Because there are so many, it depends. And there are so many variables and the fact that you approached that response with that essence, man, like <clears throat> it really speaks volumes to your character and who you are and how you show up, not only to yourself, but to other people. Um, for real, man, that's, that was such an incredible response. No one's coming to save you. You know, that's the thing is that we, it's, it's responsibility, meaning that I have the ability to respond and you know, most people just want to be told what to do. And it's like, Oh, Hey, do this daily practice. And that's great. Try it out for a while. But eventually if you really want to get good, it's like how in touch with yourself are you and how many different resources do you have in your toolkit? Um, because that's, I mean, that's going to last a lot longer than doing this. I mean, I, I had lots of clients that were Ashtanga yogis that would do that every day religiously. And 
you know, you are, you become what you repeatedly do and on a physical level and a mental level. And sometimes that can be good, but sometimes that can pigeonhole you into a specialization. The body doesn't like specialization. The body doesn't like repetitive stress injuries. That's why they call it repetitive stress injuries. Cause it's the same thing over and over and over and over again. We like variety. Yeah, super, super agree. And a huge part of this program, man, is to help people learn how to guide themselves through the journey by providing tools and methods and discussions and concepts that can really become helpful aids and allies and guides for becoming who we wish to be, for embodying these deeper versions of ourselves that, that are present, but we may not fully know how to bridge that or access that or become available to these concepts unless we really put in the work and dig deep and do the self-inquiry practices and try them out in the world and see what resonates with our nervous system and see what doesn't and to really go go deeper into the journey itself. Um, what have been some of the most memorable and remarkable transformations that you've watched people go through in this process, because you've worked with a lot of people over the years. What's something that that's that you've really noticed in the internal world of transformation? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. You know, I think that even, I don't want to dance around this, this question either, but um, what's been more fascinating is being able to come from a place where, you know, a lot of people come to me and they, they tell me some really heavy shit, you know, like some really heavy things. They express some really like stuff that people have gone through and, and I can't, I have to orient myself from a neutral place because I've done this work long enough to know that you don't know what's bad or good for somebody you don't know like the shit that they've gone through you don't know what that's going to create for them that might be the catalyst for them to go on and help tons of people so even i've had people that have had quote unquote like negative or difficult experiences in working with me it's been very interesting to see um, them come back or them change out into the world months later, you know, because initially it might bring a lot of stuff up and I have to be solid in myself to, to know that and to not take it personal. Like I try to forget most things and I try to not take anything personal. Um, but you know, there's been, there's been so many incredible transformations. I mean, this, this last, uh, training that I just held, um, there was a, there was a guy who I actually worked with his boss and he was a body worker and he came in and, and took the training and he first day, he didn't think he belonged there and he couldn't even really speak in front of the group. He was just so timid. Um, and by the end of the training, he was just going, you know, he's learning to, to do this modality, but he's also going through his own personal journey. And he was, um, so alive and so expressive. And he was like on his phone doing Instagram stories and stuff like 
I was like, who is this kid in just four days? I mean, it was just, it was, it was so powerful. And, you know, one other thing I'll share that I think you might find pretty interesting is that I did a session um, a couple of months back and uh, speaking on the, on the topic of me really having to hold people through difficult experiences and not necessarily like developing a certain um, attachment or a certain judgment towards their experience. There was a, a doctor who came to one of my group sessions and she had been reaching out to me to get one-on-one -on -one session, a one-on-one -on -one session in. And I was getting ready to hold this group public session for about 30 people here in, in Phoenix. And uh, she came up to me before the session and just had these like really scared eyes and she said, I'm kind of having a, an anxiety attack. Like, I don't know if I should do this. And, you know, I had to kind of make an executive decision. I was like, well, you're, you know, you're here. Uh, just take it easy. And that's the thing about breath work is that you have your foot on the gas pedal and you can control how deep you go or not how deep you go. And, um, you know, she eventually did it. And I told the other practitioners to kind of leave her alone and let her do her own thing. But she kept like sitting up and she kept like looking around and I could just tell that her body did not feel safe in the room. She didn't feel safe. And I was, and I went over to her and comforted her and held her a few times and just, you know, invited her to kind of gently go back inwards. And, she just wasn't dropping in. And I was like, shit, I'm going to have to like, she's going to walk out. I'm going to get a negative review. Damn it. You know, I, I started to feel myself, um, kind of get down on myself and, and then eventually towards the second half, she started dropping in a little bit and she ended up sharing at the end. And it was so powerful. It was one of the most powerful things I've ever heard. It was that, you know, she is a doctor. She's a pain specialist doctor. And meaning that she goes around and she numbs people for a living. And it was so hard for her to be in a group of people where she could hear other people in their pain and in their suffering and in their emotions. And she couldn't do anything about it. She had to sit there and let everyone else go through their own shit and handle it themselves without numbing them. And so it was, it was so powerful, just the, I mean, just there's so many facets that are going on there. I mean, we live in a world that is a fix it mentality, if you will, is what I call it. You know, we, we're, uh, you know, someone's, someone's broken. Okay. They come to me and I'm going to fix them. And that's not how it works no one's a healer. Everyone heals themselves. I can create a nervous system state within my electrical being, being that can co-regulate with you and we can hang out. And hopefully that gives you a reminder of your power and your own sovereignty and, and, you know, your, your loving human awareness that you are. And, and hopefully you remember, and that's what we can create in this, you know, the, the collective coherence that happens within this sort of breath work, everyone breathing together, everyone inspiring and respiring together and, and having a container where people can process their emotions, no matter the highest or the lowest and be there together. And no one's trying to fix them. No one's broken. 
Everyone is seen as an intelligent being that's healing themselves on a cellular level, that's digesting your food, that's beating your own heart. There's so many intelligent things that are going on within your body on a day-to-day level that your rational mind can't even understand what's happening. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's powerful work that's near and dear to my heart. That's an incredible example to share. And thank you for throwing in that additional one with the pain doctor, pain specialist, because it goes to highlight and show that the journey and the healing process of other people is just as much our own journey as our own journey. <laughs> like oh the healing of other people, man, the, the community container, the being vulnerable that's just as much our own journey, man. And when, when yeah, we can man. build moments like what you've been through or, or what we've experienced with Fit for Service or, you know, part of our purpose in building this mindfulness group is allowing people to delve deeper with other people because we all bring different medicine and we are all embodiments of medicine and perspective and wisdom. Yeah. And dude, that, that's, you just highlighted such an amazing example for that concept. Yeah, man. It's, um, it's, uh, everything we're going through is, is there's macro and micro to it. And even for myself, like I'm still going through a lot of family stuff. I mean, I'll be completely vulnerable. My, my mom, the past couple of weeks has been calling me so often and really, um, fucked up on alcohol and telling me that she wants to kill herself. And, you know, there's, there it's, it's so, and this has been a journey throughout my whole life. I can feel the, not only the suffering with her, within her, but the suffering in the collective. And I've tried my whole life. I've, I probably created this modality and, and am into all of the things that I'm into because I wanted, I want to save her. You know, she called me and told me that her blood pressure was that of someone that was dying. And the first question the doctor asked her was, are you even breathing? And I literally created a modality that's centered around breathing. And it, it might be the exact tool and the exact modality that my mom needs. And at the same time, I have to be okay with maybe she'd never, maybe, maybe she doesn't make it maybe she never gets to use it. I've offered, I've offered so many times. And so, you know, whether this gift is for the collective or, uh, uh, through, through her and myself and, and the, the, also the macro of what's going on in the world right now. And, and, uh, we just, we, we, we also don't know what's helping people or not. We don't know what's enabling and what's, you know, because if anything, my message is that trauma creates growth. All life is striving for is, is growth and homeostasis and balance. And trauma is a question to your being. You know, I Godzi talks about this. Trauma is a question to your being. The question answered creates growth, new adaptive patterns shared with our community. Or if not, it creates symptoms. And those symptoms will just keep furthering and furthering and furthering. And uh, we, we, have, we have a choice. And stress creates strength if we, if we um, find 
new adaptive pattern and share it with our community and, and our tribe. This goes back to really one of the beginning concepts here is how our journey can really build our medicine and how everything that we've been through and go through and have gone through really builds what we're able to provide the world, man. And sometimes what helped build that perspective or medicine may never be able to fully receive the beauty or benefit from the medicine that's been built. And to know, to be in some frame of presence or knowing that maybe the purpose isn't for the originator to experience, but for it to be created and then that therefore shared with the world. And there's so many times that what you're talking about comes to the table in these kinds of group discussions and communities is how and when do we know how or when to help and when do we not help and where do we find the balance in that and it's so powerful because that's where like the embodiment of the message may be the purest form of the medicine and then the rest is going to ripple and be precisely where and how it should be And we learn that by forcing certain concepts on people or doing something that doesn't resonate. And it's like, I don't know if I should have done that. And then we learn and then we morph this ability to do our best to dissolve and harmonize the moment. Mm -hmm. And like, do you have any perspective or guidance to offer people who may be in similar positions with that? Like, how do we, whether it's in a workshop or with our parents and family, like, how do we know? when to help, when not to help, how to hold presence, how to ground. Like, is that just a visceral sensation in our body? Like that's a huge part of it. There's no doubt, but your, your perspective here could be really helpful. Yeah. I think that that's the, always the question in this duality is that there's always a a dynamic flow uh, between the polar opposites and we have to, we have to be able to flow with it because right now maybe someone is needing my help and maybe I need to meet them closer to where they're at. And maybe it's, it's, it's always a test. Everything is a test. Everything is testing. You know, you have to be an artist and a scientist, meaning that um, everything that you do in life you are doing something and you're receiving feedback from it. So how aware are you of the feedback when I'm working on someone's body or when I'm just like with them in their field, like I've developed, it's, it's, it's really developing your sensitivity and your sensory awareness and how much can you connect with yourself? Because yes, the answer is always inside. It's always inside. You will all, it will always, you know, your, your heart, your, your body. It's always, for me, it's always a body. Yes or no. And then, but you know, you can try something like I can try something and what's the feedback coming back and being able to flow with that because it's never going to be static. It's always going to be dynamic and it's always going to be changing. And at some times in my life, maybe I need to lend out the helping hand. And then maybe sometimes I don't have the capacity and it is actually going to drain me further. And honoring that is the hardest part. Like we move through cycles and 
a lot of the times we don't honor where we're at in our cycle and we want to be in this, we want to be in the helper position all the time, but maybe we, maybe we're not there right now. And maybe we have to actually honor where we're at. And maybe that's the best thing that can happen because it also gives them an opportunity to overcome it themselves. And I've seen that happen when, when, you know, um, you, no one can do anything for anybody else. They have to overcome it themselves. And that overcoming is finding that new adaptive pattern is creating that growth is creating that strength for them. And, and, and if you do, you know, I've tried to lend a helping hand too much sometimes, even when I know, and, and when it's draining on my nervous system and my system, um, it's, it's become a, um, it, uh, I just lost my train of thought, but it, 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 it starts to take a toll honoring where you're at. It's a dynamic thing. It's never going to be static. It's developing sensory awareness and knowing where you're at in the moment and what your own capacity is and testing it. And then if it's not working, then you need to pivot and move. Yeah. Once again, such a great, great response. This idea of attuning with the feedback is ultimate presence. You know, it's allowing, it's helping guide That's the holding moment. space. It is man. It's full circle. And it's, it's doing our best to help guide the moment, but also allowing the moment to guide us on the journey. Like that's the flow. That's the give and take that's full presence and ability to be with what's really happening from a, hopefully an observational and non-judgmental point of view, you know, and this brings up really powerful point that really came through on a journey with mother ayahuasca in Peru was sometimes not helping is helping. And it also highlights the fact that sometimes helping takes all different forms and shapes and colors and sizes. And that's where like just doing our best to attune to who we genuinely are, show up the best we possibly are able to hold the, be perceptive and receptive of what's happening and move from an open heart, man. Like, I'm not sure what more we're able to do, you know, because we, we can get so wrapped up in so many intricacies, bro. And it can lead people astray or, and then like so many weird dynamics happen. And even fundamentally the aspect of it's different, every scenario, like you, you know, you subtly covered right there. It's important to know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I wish there was an answer to that, but it is, um, that's this life and that's what we're experiencing. That's what this experience is about. It's, it's really maintaining neutrality and maintaining responsibility within relationship. So I'm in relate, we're in relationships. We're relating to everything. We're connecting, we're communing, we're communal beings, meaning that we're in connection with everything. And can I remain neutral and responsible, meaning that I have the ability to respond to whatever's coming up because I'm present. And so responsibility is really like spirituality to me. Before we open this up for some group questions, is there anything intuitive that you feel that should be shared here? Any other 
segments or portions that you feel like should really be provided to everything that we've covered? I do have one more question before we open it up. Yeah. Yeah. First off, um, this has been a phenomenal conversation and I've been like, things have been coming through, um, due to the container that you create Zarin. So just know that, um, the container that you hold, uh, I've never shared that before with my mom or anything. Um, and so I know that it's powerful and hopefully it, it, um, you know, hopefully other people can feel like they're not alone and, and can also, um, reach out, you know, reach out to me. This is my, this is my passion. This is my purpose. This is what I'm here to do. And if this sort of work calls you and you also feel like helping others do the same, like I am, um, my strengths and who I am is a, is a teacher and an educator. And I love to, pass on what I, uh, have learned and because it's, that's the only way it's gonna, it's gonna, um, get out to more people. So reach out if you, if you guys want to, want to chat further. Before we op open this up, would you mind just briefly the best of your ability, kind of explaining what happens in your courses in your cert certification process for people who are interested because I know yeah. there are people who are very much intrigued in working with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I have a certification training uh, that is somatic release breath work. That is the modality. So we have lots of different coaches and therapists, and we've had chiropractors and physical therapists. We've also had people come in to just take it for their own personal gain. Um, and, and it is, uh, understanding a lot of the concepts that I've gone over today, understanding how trauma and stress affect the body and how, how your breathing controls your nervous system and understanding how to create a safe container and what holding space is and, and really how to, um, on a physical and embodied level, uh, understand that stand underneath it. Um, and, yeah. So I hold in-person trainings in Phoenix and in Austin sometimes. And I'm also launching a, an online training that begins January 18th, uh, in 2022. And it'll be a 12 week training, uh, via zoom. And also we will have lots of other, uh, goodies along with that, but yeah, that'll be a powerful, uh, uh, a powerful journey and container that we're all going to move forth with to use this tool. And, you know, I'll just say that like lots of different people use this tool because it, it gives you a way to work with someone on a, on not just a mindset level, but on an instinctual and an emotional and a physical body level too, uh, which I think these modalities, I know these modalities will, uh, be, they're already gaining lots of popularity because it's what the world is asking for and, and what is, what is needed during this time. So, yeah, that's uh. if you have more questions, you can always reach out to me. So much love, man. Thank you for being here the way that you are. Thank Thank you for putting in the work and showing up now. Yeah, thank you, brother. Yeah, bro. Anytime. Um, I know Grace has a couple questions. Kelly does. Um, let's open this up. Who wants to go first? Grace, go for it. Hey, Grace. Oh, man, I have so much to say. I don't even know. Okay, I wrote some of them down because like I wanted to make sure that like all the points and all the things that I'm feeling like are expressed. Um, 
literally am so lit up. Like my cells feel so alive and so awake right now. Mm. Like the whole time I just felt like this urge to be like, to like take myself off video and just be like, I don't even know you, but I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. Thank you. For, like, I just want to like, thank you for being vulnerable and like sharing your story. Um, that was so brave and you're so felt. Um, I would be like so honored to work with you. I feel like that is hundred percent the next steps that I feel in alignment with to further my journey moving forward. Um, it's been something that I've really been calling in is different ways to learn how to just breathe and be in more in a tune and alignment with my body and access different parts of my emotional state and trauma that I can't access. Um, and that leads me to a couple of questions that I have. <clears throat> yeah, throw them at uh, me. So being a person on this learning growth mission, um, I've wondered like the past few months more significantly if there was anything that I could do to like access different different parts of my emotional state and trauma that I can't access. And that might not be super smart to like play around with it myself, but I just want to know like if there's any breathing methods that like you use like in the morning or at night to just feel things. If you could share that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think first off, uh, you and all of us need to create space within our life and protect that space meaning that time and space uh, where you don't have to do anything besides just be there and be with yourself. And because space allows us to digest our experiences and to digest our emotions. And so absolutely doing breath work with yourself. Another thing is that I, I don't really believe it's, it's just kind of a, um, uh, it goes both ways, but I don't necessarily believe fully in self-help like I, I think that uh, self-help and you know self-development and all these things is, is kind of a, a joke in a way because I do believe that we need other people. Uh, we are communal beings and we don't have to do it alone either. Uh, so I think that you know a lot of our, our traumas come from relationship or other people. A lot of our wounds come from other people. Uh, a lot of our healing, comes through relationships and other people as well too so i would say creating space for yourself also you can try this technique i mean this is applicable uh five minutes of breathing laying down breathing quite heavily in and out of your mouth all the way down into your stomach into your belly into your you know your womb those are kind of a lot of the areas where you've probably, you know, store undigested emotions and just imagining when you are breathing that you're kind of using your breath, like a, a, uh, a broom, you're like sweeping out a lot of the, the density and just clearing your field. And then, you know, after that five minutes is up, you can do a nice breath hold and just hold for a while. And maybe, maybe something will come up into your awareness. A lot of the times when you're holding, that's when you will receive insight. 
And then whatever insight you receive, maybe you can prompt yourself with a question. Maybe it's, what is my, what does my soul need to hear right now? What is my next steps perhaps? And then once you get that insight, you do another maybe five minutes or you could do three minutes and three minutes. You could do 20 seconds or 20 seconds. It doesn't really matter, but starting to breathe in and slowing it down and feeling how you want to feel creating that and firing that feeling within inside of yourself. How do you want to show up in the world? How do you want to feel when you're moving through your day and, and, and how do other people want to, how, how do you want to make other people feel and starting to create that feeling sensation and, and creating those new neural neural kinetic pathways of that emotion and that elevated state and embedding it within yourself and starting to move into the world from that space. And that will start to uh, have an effect on your reality and the people around you. And it's not so much needing to visualize um, because the, the, the visual world shifts and changes so much, but if uh, we can attune to our feelings so much more as a compass for our life, but yeah, that's, that's all, that's all I got for you right now. But um, yeah, thank you for your questions and uh, reach out and I would love to chat with you about, you know, to see if the, the training's in, in alignment for, for you and in alignment for us as well. Would you please put your stuff in, in the chat? Yeah, I will. Absolutely. Instagram or number, whatever, whatever you prefer. Yeah. Um, last little bit. <clears throat> you are so amazing. Mic drop. Uh, That's all I got. Um, <laughs> I'm so thankful for you. It's fully, I'm going to just take a moment to fully receive that. So thank you, Grace. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Grace. Kelly, please take it away. Wonderful. Uh, first of all, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, and I'm so glad that I'm here. Um, this was super great so far um my short question is um breath work and kids and i think uh helping digest as you say um trauma before it gets too deep and becomes scars um that's my question yeah 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 so kids are pretty open as far as their filters, you know, they're sensitive and they're, they're full of sense. And when something happens to them, you know, they have a, a, a discharge or an expression usually right away, you know, something happens to them, they start crying or they start, you know, they start feeling something and it's just, um, it's encouraging to, to, to let them feel it and, helping them develop healthy outlets for expression. So breath work can definitely, you know, teaching them calming nervous system breathing techniques, I think is good. Um, unless they've gone through like a lot and they've had a really stressful time, um, then you can start to maybe do a full session with them. And cause it can create a container for them to just like full on whale or let out whatever needs to come out, you know, but it's really just, it's really just giving people permission to feel and not stopping. Cause like, if you think about 
children, if someone, if, if a kid's crying, the first thing that we want to do is we want to run up to them and we want to say, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You know, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But really what we're saying is no, 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 no. Stop. No, no, no. Stop that. Stop the process. You know, when it's like, that's the thing that needed to happen so that they're, they are not actually holding it inside. That's the thing that needed to happen for them, for it to come out. Um, and obviously we live in a society where they can't just fucking belt out wherever you're at. So, um, creating different resources and different ways, uh, for different healthy expression and, and also letting them know that whenever they are feeling something, they can, you know, just take a couple of breaths and they don't have to react, take a couple of breaths and, and respond and because your responses create your reality. Hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, my kids split their time between their, their dad's household and, and mine. And so I think sometimes they are allowed to, or encouraged to, um, express themselves. And sometimes that is really, um, shut down. Um, and so I hope that some of the stuff that I encourage in them is, still within them when they're in other places. Um, but what we do is practice like elevator breaths this way. Um, and then like butterfly breaths this way, um, with helping move through different emotions. And then I, yeah. I use that myself as well, but, uh, yeah. go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I, um, oh. I mean, it, it honestly, it doesn't like whatever the technique is, it doesn't really matter as much as the intention behind it. And if the intention is that you're giving them permission to be and to express whatever they need to express. And if they can attune, the breathing just helps people go into their body and actually tune into what they're feeling. So by you orienting yourself in a place where it's an unpre it's a, it's an unpressurized container where there's no sort of like, Hey, something's wrong with you. We need to do breath work. You know, it's like, it's like, Hey, let's, uh, let's just, let's just hold this space and, and allow you to just be the fullest expression of yourself. Um, and I would highly recommend just on a, on a, um, like on a clinical physiological level that teaching kids how to breathe through their nose is so important because that's what, our bodies are designed to do. And especially if they start to become mouth breathers at a young age, that can cause a lot of like dental issues and mouth and jaw issues. So, um, I, I, I prefer to with daily practices, especially with children and especially unless they are like feeling a lot and you need to ramp them up. That's what the mouth breathing is for. We, the only time we breathe through our mouth is actually when we're like, maybe we're being chased by a bear or something's traumatic, you know, so that we can sort of take them into that state that allows them to express through the mouth. But we want to train them to be nostril breathers and to breathe long and slow and present and a regulated calm nervous system. Awesome. Thank you for that. I, uh, my husband tells me that I am a, a chronic shallow breather. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah. so this is something that I, that I need for sure, but I, I already feel so much. And so I think that 
I'm protecting myself from feeling even more. Um, but what I do notice is when I'm holding space for other people, because that is something that comes naturally to me, that I, when I control my breath, they match. And so it's yeah. a, is that a, that's a thing? Absolutely. We are, okay. we are constantly attuning to each other. And that's, that's, that's the thing people will match each other, especially children will match you. So cultivating that elevated state within yourself, they will just, and cultivating that calm nervous system within yourself, they will naturally attune to you if you are breathing and in a calm, relaxed, because they, they feel everything and they take it on, you know, because you're, you're their God, you're their everything. And, uh, which isn't, which, which you can't, you also don't want to put the weight on yourself because shit's going to happen to them and they're going to grow through it and they're going to overcome it, but you can just give them tools from a young age to navigate, navigate this, this life. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. That's uh, spectacular. I believe we have one more Krista. Please feel free to add to this wonderful discussion. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. I got so much out of your talk that the body is an antenna and the safety and the co-regulating all of that was just amazing. Um, I'm a body worker. And so I am curious what a body work session, what a somatic body work session and the breath work, like what that looks like. Yeah. So cool. You're a body worker. Same here. I was a body worker for a long time. I'd say number one, it's a complete shift in your, uh, way that you orient yourself with a client, um, with body work, you know, a lot of the times you're paid for an hour or 90 minutes of your time. And they expect you to actually do something to their body for an hour or 90 minutes of their time the opposite, this is work is the complete opposite because you are actually holding a container for them to express, which it's a complete shift because you're actually, sometimes I'm not doing anything. I'm just guiding them and I'm honoring the innate intelligence within their being. And just by me orienting my nervous system from a place that's honoring their being, a lot of stuff will come up and from that, like, like you're going to be guiding them. And then if things start to come up, then I teach you different hands-on techniques on how to help people release, you know? So I used to be, I, I, you know, I used to be a body worker. Now I'm kind of a breath worker first, a body worker, second body worker. If the things come up and I have the ability to respond, right. Cause I'm remaining neutral through this whole experience and I'm just guiding them in an unpressurized container for them to go in and express whatever needs to come from the inside out. And so, um, and then if something starts to come up, anything that I do with them, whether it's guiding them verbally, whether it's guiding them through hands on touch, all of those things are just giving them permission to go a little bit deeper into any of the expressions that are coming up. 
And so I'm just giving them permission during it. And I mean, specifically, like if, like, I think you're asking more specific questions as far as, you know, I can do one-on-one -on -one sessions with people on a bodywork table um, and I can guide them via the breath, but it's, it's their own journey. And then I will start to kind of work on them when things start to come up. Um, and then eventually I'm going to be hands-off because I want them to do it on their own. I want them to feel like they can stand on their own two feet. And I want to leave them in that place of empowerment where they don't have to continue to come back to me and see me for the same thing over and over again, that it's like, okay, how does this session actually change how you show up in the world and how you walk in the world and how you stand in the world? Not having, yeah. so, but I do group sessions that are in like yoga studios, you know, it's a lot of it's laying down. Um, sometimes I'll have other facilitators with me that will walk around and, 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 um, people that I've trained that kind of understand, uh, how to hold a solid container and, and how to work on people, um, in a way that's going to add to their experience. Um, so one-on-one -on -one sessions, I do online sessions too. That's actually just guided verbally, um, by myself as well. So there are no hands-on techniques via a zoom session, mm -hmm. but I do love, I still like touch is the most powerful sense of it all. Like I teach order of operations where it's space, sound words, and then touch. And those are the order of operations because those are in chronological order of the defense systems that people have. People have the most defense systems to touch. People have the least defense systems to, to mm -hmm. just holding space. So, but touch can be the most powerful because it is the first sense that we developed as a child. And sometimes that's what people need the most. So it's, it's just like I was saying, there is no right answer, but how solid of a container and presence can you hold that you are responsible, meaning you have the ability to respond to whatever's coming up with all the different techniques that you learn um, within this modality. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah, it did. Okay. I'm visual. So that helped yeah. me visualize what that looked okay. like. Thank you. <laughs> so much love. Holy crap, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Stephen. Thank you, Krista and Kelly and Grace and everybody watching this in the future. For real, this is so incredibly beautiful. Dude, you're welcome back anytime. And I know for sure people that are going through this are already very interested in working with you. I hope you continue to bridge and bring people into the world who are able to handle these moments from a really beautiful place internally, man. I know you're putting in some really wonderful work in the world that we all need. Yeah, that's the, that's the story that I choose to tell myself because it continues to fuel uh, me in the direction that I want to go. So I appreciate you so much there. And thank you guys for listening. And, uh, you'll have to send me the recording of this too. I would, I would love to, um, well, maybe I'll just post it on my podcast and mm. I don't know, we'll, we'll chat, we could chat about it, but, but yeah, Let's thank you guys so much. <laughs> yeah. Love you guys. Thanks so Harry. much love. <laughs>